You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode 104, and we are, even as I speak, we are winding down and getting ready to move back to the United States. So as you see from the title, Lessons Learned from Pastoring in Another Country. My wife Annie and I have been living in Curitiba, Brazil for uh, almost five years and pastoring, working with churches, helping pastors, helping leaders. And, um, you know, thankfully, by God's grace, we've been able to have, have some impact here and, and see God do some really amazing things. But just a real recap, a quick recap of what we've done. Um, I've been the executive pastor at C3 Church in Curitiba almost the entire time we've been here. And uh, as, as many of you know, the executive pastor's um, kind of the usually the number two pastor in a church and, and helps um, the senior pastor manage the team. Um, I've you know done that, overseen the finances, put systems in place, been part of the preaching team, and a lot of other things. Um, we've also uh, had the opportunity to, uh, uh, my wife and I, be able to advise and mentor two other C3 churches, um, become very close to the pastors, helping them, helping them build their team, helping them work through some crises, and, and um, you know, really being a part of those other churches as well. And then also we've had such an honor and privilege to be able to help other pastors that aren't even a part of our movement. You know, we're look, we love the church. It doesn't matter whether it's a C3 church or not. We love the church and we love pastors and leaders. And we've been able to build some key relationships in the city and in other parts of the country with some other pastors and been able to have some input, been able to help them and, um, you know, see some success in their churches as well. So I want to share um, four lessons and there's, there's, I'm sure there's more going to come as, as I think through this, but four lessons that, uh, that we've learned and um, some things that have really stood out to us. And these, these four lessons, I think, kind of um, are transferable pretty much anywhere you're working and serving and um, you know, making a difference. Number one, understanding culture is absolutely essential. But along with that, creating the right culture is just as essential. Because, you know, we move to another country, and the culture is going to be different. And it might be if you live in Canada and move to the U.S., the culture is going to be a little bit different. We speak the same language mostly, uh, you know, and same thing with maybe England and Australia. You speak the same language, but the culture is going to be a little bit different. Same thing in the U.S. and maybe another English-speaking country. So, you get what I'm saying. Every country is going to have a different culture, and it's so important to understand it. Now, that doesn't mean every aspect of that culture is good or right or even acceptable. 
you know, sometimes it's understanding the culture and learning the culture so you can help bring a shift from something maybe that's not healthy. And, and you know, we've seen that um, while we've been working here. So you want to understand the culture that you're working in. Um, you can't just take your own uh, experience and the own, your own culture that you were raised in and try and inflict it on the people of the country that you move into, or even a city. You might even be you know, moving from one side of your country to another. I mean, I imagine you know, living in the U.S., if you, if you live on the East Coast and go work on the West Coast, there's going to be some pretty big culture changes there. And so it's understanding and, and being able to work with the different cultures. And then we also said creating the right culture is important. You know, early on, working at C3 Curitiba, that was a real part of, of what we came down here for. That was part of what we were brought here for was to help get the DNA right early. Because when we came to C3 Church Curitiba, this, had been a, this church had been going for um, about a year. And it had just become a C3 church, and we came down, and one of our first roles was to kind of help make that transition. Because, you know, every church family has a culture, whether it's a Baptist culture or a Methodist culture or an Assemblies of God culture or, you know, whatever it is. You understand what I'm saying? And so each church has a culture, and we want to get that right. And so part of what um, we were doing early on, and we've done our entire time here, is let's get the DNA right. Let's put the right things in the DNA early on because it's going to help us get the culture right. So understand the culture of your city, understand the culture of your country, but also let's make sure we get the right culture in the church. Number two, it takes a team. You know, it's never too early to build a team for the future. You know, sometimes in small churches or in startups, you know, we think, oh, you know, I just need a couple of people and I'll be fine. I'll work on building a team later. Listen, build your team early on. Even if you've only got a handful of people now, build your team. And you say, well, I just don't have the people. That's fine. Build them. And it may take you a few years to build a team. One of our churches here you know, it's taken several years for the pastor and, 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 you know, even us having input and helping to help them develop a team that helps him carry the load. For so long, you know, he and his wife were just carrying so much of the load, but now they have such a solid team around them. But it didn't happen overnight. It was making an investment in people's lives. It was making choices for the future. It was saying, you know what, I don't have a team now. I can't afford to hire anybody but I'm going to start investing in these people so that one, two, three years down the road, they're going to be important members of the team that are going to help me carry the weight. So start early investing in people, looking to the future, and build your team. And also in building the team, you know, part of what we've seen is, um, you know, missionary work has changed drastically over the last 40 or 50 years. Um, before then, it seemed to be the Westerners would go to whatever country and, you know, be the man or woman of faith and power and bring God's answers to those poor people. But, you know, what we've seen and, and, and our involvement in missions here in Brazil, the year we spent in Africa, other countries that we've been involved in is what seems to work much better is 
when we just come alongside and help. Look, we don't have all the answers. They don't have all the answers. But we can come alongside and we can support. We can come alongside and offer some encouragement. We can come alongside and offer some advice. We can offer our experience and, you know, let them kind of work through it and decide what's going to work in their culture or not. But what we've seen and what we've found works so well is, you know, instead of us coming down here and pastoring the church or running the church or trying to take charge of anything, just coming and serving. Just coming and serving, looking for opportunities to serve, looking for opportunities to support. And what we've seen is that is what bears the most fruit. And, you know, we've gone out of our way to to invest in people that, you know, maybe even the pastors don't have time to invest into. Maybe they're investing in other people. But Annie and I found some key young couples that we've invested in, and it's already starting to bear fruit. They're already starting to step up in leadership and take charge of some things in church. And, and you know, we're nothing special, but you know what? We can love people. We can believe in people. We can encourage people. We can invest in people and speak um, well of them. We can encourage them. We can prophesy over their lives. And if they're willing to take it and accept it and move forward with it, then they're going to be awesome leaders in a few years. Well, don't go away. We still have two more lessons learned from pastoring in another country. And these are going to be very helpful to you, so you don't want to miss them. But first, I want to remind you, and I want to let you know, this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by Leading and Learning Consulting. You know, we work with small churches, small to medium churches, to help them go to another level. I mean, that's what we've been doing for the last five years here in Brazil and even before that in the U.S. to some degree. So this is, this is what we do. This is our passion, is helping the church. And If you've got a small church and you say, you know what, I I can't afford a consultant, I get it. I mean, when you look at the websites, the prices are crazy expensive. But what we want to do is we want to make ourselves available at a price that you can afford, and we want to build a relationship so that we can help you. We want to, as we just said, we want to come alongside, we want to support you, we want to help you. You know, one of the things I've seen, especially in small churches, is that very often the pastor doesn't have anybody to talk to. The team is not in place yet, and you've got to make decisions about a building or about some some issue, some crisis in your church, and you just don't even have anybody to bounce it off of. And so, you know, that's what we're here for. You know, we've got a lifetime of ministry experience, and we would love to help you. So go to my website, davidspell.com, and you'll see the the information on there for for leading and learning consulting, what we can offer you, what we can help you with, and and ways that we can work together. So check it out. Well, we are back, and we've touched on two lessons already, lessons learned from pastoring in another country. Uh, Number one was understanding culture, where we're living, the the culture in the country, the city, whatever, but also creating the right culture in our church. Number two, the importance of a team. It's never too early to start building a team for the future. Number three, you've got to be flexible. If you can't be flexible, 
you are not going to last moving to another environment, planting a church, working at a church, etc. You know, when, when, when Annie and I moved down here five years ago, I mean, listen, when you pick up and move to another country where they don't speak your language, it can be very, very tough. It can be traumatic. Um, and listen, we love Brazil. And Brazil is not an English-speaking country. Now, we're fortunate that in our circle and in, in our church here in Curitiba, there's maybe 20, 25% of the people in the church that do speak English, but that's 75% or 80% that don't. And you go out in your day-to-day activity in the city, you know, you go to try and um, you know, pay your power bill or you go try and take care of something for your car to get the tag renewed. I mean, just imagine the normal things that you have to do in the U.S. and imagine trying to do it in another language, in a language that you're not very good at. And so there's so many things that are just different. And if you can't be flexible, if you can't flex, if you can't bend a little bit, it's going to be really tough. And in church leadership, listen, we know that we've got to be flexible because, again, we talked about culture. And, you know, there may be things that you believe strongly, things that you used in your other church, you know, ideas, principles, systems, things that you know work, but they may not work here. Or it might not be the right time. Or it just may not be a good fit. So we've got to be flexible. We've got to understand that our ideas are always not going to translate well here. So you've got to be flexible. You've got to be willing to just say, okay, whatever. And and as part of this one, I would also say, if you do, if God opens a door or calls you to go work in another country, first of all, it's an incredible privilege. He doesn't call everybody to do that. It's an amazing, amazing privilege to be able to take the gospel into another culture, into another language. But you've got to learn that language. And I'll be honest with you, my Portuguese is bad. I mean, five years here, my Portuguese is still bad. But I can function. I can get by. Um, I can get through the day. I can go out and deal with the things I need to deal with. Um, but I've, I've, I've learned it. My wife's is much better. When I preach, I still use a translator. But I've learned enough of the language to at least show the people that I'm trying. Uh, Many of them have said how much they appreciate that I at least try. They laugh at me, but they at least try, Um, or at least I try. So work on learning the language. And then number four, number four, lessons learned from pastoring in another country. It's never too early to start putting systems in place. You know, I've had the opportunity, as I said earlier, to work with some other pastors and, and leaders that, uh, in churches that aren't even a part of our movement, but, you know, relationships that I've built, churches that I've gone and preached in, and, you know, connections. And I'm always amazed when I go into some smaller churches and there's absolute chaos. There are no systems in place for anything. I was at a church recently, my second time preaching there. They have no sign. I mean, I mean, it takes a gift of the Holy Spirit, like a word of knowledge, to even find this church. There's no sign. There's no people standing out greeting. There's no, you know, real, um, there's nothing to identify this place. If you don't know where you're going, you're not going to just stumble on it. So needless to say, they have very few visitors, and they're not growing. And, you know, I haven't been asked. Nobody's asked my opinion, so I haven't shared it. I've just gone and preached there a couple of times. But, you know, 
a simple system. Um, I did tell one of the young guys who, who goes to the church that he and I have become friends. I said, you know what? If you put a sign out front, I can almost guarantee you you'll grow 10 to 15% just by putting a sign in front because they're in a good neighborhood. They're on a main street. Put a nice big sign up. They'll probably pick up 10 or 15% on their Sunday morning services just by that one thing. But again, it's not my place. They're not asking me. But for those churches that I work with, there are some simple things that we can do that will facilitate growth. And putting systems in place now is going to set us up for success later. You say, well, I'm small. I don't really need... Listen, think like a big church. If you're at 50 now, think of 150. Think of yourself as a 150-member church. If you're at 100, think of, okay, we're a church of 250. What does this entail? If you're a church of 200, think of yourself as a church of 400. Always be thinking bigger. What's it going to take to manage a 400-member church? Put the systems in place now. And what I see is, is the churches that we've worked here, the small churches, the ones that are putting simple systems, but putting some processes in place, it's benefiting them, and they're seeing incredible growth. In fact, one of our churches here just had to start a second service. They've only been going about a year, going just a year, and now they're having to go to a second service. So here we are, a church that's growing like crazy, and they're just doing the little things right. They're not doing anything fancy. The, the building's not that great. The, they don't have a great location. But they're doing the little things right. They, they've got, they love people. There's a warm, open spirit. The hospitality's great. And they're doing the little things right. And so what's happening is it's translating to growth. So those four things, four lessons. Like I said, we could probably talk about more. I'm sure I could think of some more. But for now, understanding the culture where you're at and then creating the right culture in the church. It takes a team. Flexibility is a prerequisite, and then it's never too early to put systems in place. Now, what about you? Have you ever thought that God might have a plan for you to serve him at a higher level? Have you ever felt a tug that maybe God might be calling you to plant a church? Have you ever felt a tug that God might be calling you to go work in another country? Like I said, God doesn't call everybody to do that doesn't make us special, but for whatever reason, God asked us to do this, and we've, we've done it, and now you know, we're going back to the U.S. But you know that was five years that we said, no, listen, we're going to do this. And God doesn't call everybody to do that, but if you ask him, he might give you the privilege. He might give you the opportunity to serve him in another country. What do you think? I'd love to hear from you. Have you served God in another country? Does this resonate with you? Have you ever thought about doing that? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the four lessons I shared. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a comment or a question in the comment section. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I'd love to stay in touch with you. I publish three blog posts a week. And by subscribing, you'll also get my free monthly newsletter that's for subscribers only. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.